This brand spanking new episode of the Hubcast is brought to you by HubSpot Training Day, October 27th from the comfort of your own laptop. Use the code HUBCAST to get your tickets for just $49. Goodness, it is good to be back. It's real. It's real, y'all. Oh my goodness. Like what the actual heck <laughs> happened between our last episode and now? Many moons have passed since the last episode, Duff. I got I got all the feels right now. Yeah. All the feels and all the peoples, because it's not just you and I, Marcus, today. That's right. That's right. We've got star-studded peoples joining us. We got Stephanie Paiochi and Nick Bennett. What's Let's up? go. What's up? All right. So, obviously, we're going to be spending lots of time talking about virtual inbounds that we are just coming off of and is fresh in all of our minds. But since it's been a little while since we've been on the mic together, let's take a few minutes and I want to hear from you guys what's been going on in your worlds over the last couple of months because I think the people want to know. Steph, I'm going to put you on the spot. I'm going to make you all go right, first. Deal. Uh, well, unsurprisingly, I've been doing a bunch of virtual events of my own. Oh, really? So, <laughs> I know. <laughs> Impact has hosted a, a, a plethora, I would say, of virtual events uh, thus far. And HubSpot Training Day is our next one. So, it's pretty much all of my time and energy has gone into planning HubSpot Training Day lately. Um, that and moving. So, you know, nothing really. Yeah. Yeah, nice. nothing's up in your world. What about you, Nikki B? Oh my goodness. It's hard to believe a year has passed since our last inbound right? podcast, right? Yeah, we were just talking about Nick running through the halls of the BCEC trying to get to our live recording. <laughs> Showing up just a couple minutes late. Well, hey, look, now that we're virtual, I was right on time. I was right on time and it feels good. No, the lot's been up. The lot's been up. I spent a ton of time working with Stephanie on events, helping find some great partners to work on that with us and share their story. Been working real close with HubSpot in these last few months, just working on how to share their story with our clients and our audience and just all that fun stuff. And I also moved. I moved from Connecticut to North Carolina. I mean, it's been busy. That's it's a been big a big move. Yeah. I'm moving like 10 miles. <laughs> oh no, I sold there. If it didn't fit in my car, we didn't bring it. We had two weeks, we said, let's go. Sold all our stuff on Facebook Marketplace packed the cars and took a drive. Incredible. So Marcus, I'm sure that everybody is very interested to know what you've been up to the last couple of months without being able to do your standard globe speaky driving. speak. Yeah. The speaky speak thing. You know, it's so funny. Um, everybody asks. Um, so my wife and I were talking about this. Everybody asked my wife. So is Marcus driving you crazy yet? And what they ask me is, hey, do you miss it? 
do you, do, do you miss mm. the travel? Uh, which is, which is interesting. Uh, like that, that's the questions that we get asked uh, by this. Um, and the answer, uh, might surprise. So we actually really love each other. So it's really, really fun being wow. home. And, um, so I've loved, um, I've loved being home. Plus I'm, anybody knows me, I'm a half full guy, right? And so this has been an amazing uh, time to uh, create new stuff. And I feel like I've created uh, new stuff. I don't, one thing that I've, I've learned through this whole pandemic stuff, and I, th- I think I knew it any, anyway before this stuff, but is the fact that I do not need a stage to be validated, you know, that I have worth. Mm. And um, I, I don't need whatever that is from the stage. I don't need the endorphins or whatever that creates. Um, I need to feel like I'm uh, progressing personally in my life in, in some way, shape, or form. I'm personally and professionally. And so uh, we've been talking a ton about virtual selling and uh, now working with some really big brands um, helping their sales teams go more virtual, like specifically with video sales calls. That's been cool. Um, and so that's just been a quick, fast pivot. Um, I actually announced today on LinkedIn that my swim pool uh, manufacturing company has been sold. And Ooh. so that's wild. So I'm, I actually don't own my website any longer, riverpoolsandspas.com, which is pretty crazy. Yeah, I'm there. still on the original company, uh, the install company, but I'm just a franchisee like, uh, like, like the rest of them now. And uh, still river pools and spas, or river pools, better stated. Um, but <clears throat> it's really been amazing. And um, I'm, I'm uh, on the board of that company and uh, just uh, helping with some things there. And, of course, we've just been super engaged with impact. So, you know, COVID overall has sucked for the world. And, it, you know, and for all of us, I think it's been uh, very uh, an up and down thing, an emotional thing. But I think, too, there is... Uh, much to be grateful for. And uh, there has been, I think, some really positive learnings for everybody from this. At least I certainly hope so. That's been the case for me. Mm. Feel you on that one. Um, If you guys didn't know, for the last couple of months, I've been learning how to mom. It's been... (laughs) What initiated this break, really. Yes, (laughs) The responsible one. The responsible one, yeah. uh, You know, I had my plans for coming back from maternity leave. And uh, if you guys listened to the little... Uh, brief update episode that I put out in June, you know, Hazel was born on a Friday and everything shut down on like Monday, Tuesday in Connecticut. So it was uh, definitely coming back was much different. And I definitely did some pivoting um, to, to figure things out, but I am so pumped to be back on the mic. Um, And especially it just, the timing could not have been better with inbound happening and you know, I honestly wasn't sure how I was going to make inbound work this year. If it was in person in Boston in August, it was going to be really tough for me. So we'll get to to my uh, hot take on inbound, but I want to start with other people's hot takes on inbound. So we're each going to give some highlights, maybe even some lowlights, just our coming off of the event, our impressions, our experiences, Nick, I'm going to put you on the spot. I'm going to make you go first. I'm going to say the thing that everyone knows I'm going to say. Custom objects. I'm just going to say, I'm going to start there. I'm pumped on custom objects. And um, 
I love that they really, really focused in on Sales Hub Enterprise and really- Wait, 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 Nick. Okay, (laughs) I gotta say something about this whole custom objects thing. And that is this. Um, So I didn't get to see that keynote uh, by Darmesh and Brian. And they announced, I didn't see it until, um, until the LinkedIn post by Darmesh. And he said, after however many years of, of development, I cannot say how proud I am of my team that we have introduced, I'm like, drum roll, custom objects. And of course, I'm thinking to myself, what in the Sam Hades is custom <laughs> objects? Like, is this Play-Doh? Like, what, what, what are we talking about right now? So like, I'm either really out of touch with digital marketing and, and just completely aloof, or HubSpot has once again developed some name, unique name, not really unique, of something. And so I'm excited <laughs> to actually right now, because I actually, I still haven't learned what this is. So somebody at some point in this conversation today is going to have to tell me what the heck a custom object in the marketing world is. Um, and um, and I, I had to say la- the last thing about this. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry to um, just do it. Go. Like, I love I it. I want to hop in so Jack bad. up your thing. And, and, and that is this. 1,200 people had liked Darmesh's post on custom objects. And I'm thinking to myself, 11... 150 of them people didn't even know what the heck a custom object was. So I don't please, know, Marcus. Please somebody at some point in this conversation teach this dumb pool guy so what the heck a custom object is. The, the, the crux of it, Marcus, is that a custom object isn't a marketing term. It's a database term. So well, that, that makes it even more boring. Yeah. <laughs> for you? Yeah. So for you, it's very boring. But for people that have wanted to customize HubSpot and make it do, I'm not going to say make it do things like you can do with Salesforce or some of the more complicated configurable CRMs, um, but to do some similar types of customization. So is it a CRM benefit? Yes. Is, is, is that's what it's for? Really, it's the, the next, CRM. It's the next step to becoming the, an enterprise-grade CRM. And this is, so this was another little... What a maybe little big left hook to Salesforce saying, yes. we're here to play ball. Ooh, now we're talking something that's interesting to <laughs> big me. Big left have, hook, we big have, like. We have drama. That's interesting. That this was one of the ones we said last year at Inbound was like our top feature so, that we so wanted to see. So was the top see. feature everybody wanted, did they call it custom objects? Yep. Is this just known and I'm t- totally <laughs> aloof? Kind of. <laughs> yeah, no, not exactly. So I mean, you haven't spent a ton of time in the data configuration world, right? Yeah, no, if you're like really jam. into this the CRM, like yeah. it's it's really a database term. So a contact contacts are objects. Contacts companies okay, deals tickets that. are HubSpot standard objects. So now you can create things We've that are similar. Sales deals and marketing. I don't know how to feel about that. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. So it is uh, a bit more of a technical term for sure, but it is, that's, you know, an object oriented database is a, well, it's a real term. A, I'll trust it's as a big deal. Okay? Yeah. It's not a HubSpot term. Don't worry. Okay. 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 I saw the most amazing Sorry, comparison. You're fine. This is great. I love this. I saw the most amazing comparison from Hype and Dexter that one of our friends over at HubSpot actually sent me about this. And it says Salesforce, Salesforce 
versus HubSpot is the CRM equivalent of the PC versus Mac commercials where there's like that like cool millennial guy in the stuff and then there's the stuffy guy in the suit and oh the picture gosh. that they have on this article and I'll share it it'll share it in the show notes it's just too funny I was I love it was funny oh my god I gotta see that <laughs> yeah I don't know I thought it I was like it's perfect it, it is it is actually the perfect equivalent when you're trying to compare HubSpot to Salesforce at this so point. So I gotta no ask one more going. thing then. Okay, Dum Dum wants to know one more thing about this. Okay, so the, the the thing that I'm finding is that what I hear in the market is that people say the HubSpot CRM is simple to use. And that's why they like it. That's why they like it. Because it's simple, it's easy, and oftentimes less is more when it comes to salespeople and CRMs. So is this going to um, help that trend continue or does it open up a Pandora's box of complexity where we end up screwing up something we have the best intentions, but we end up messing it up because of it? Thank you, just, experts. I want to know if Nick's ready to answer this. I mean, that's like a great point. Just I think like... you can go both ways. I think that if you, you, there's definitely some people who are like, plug this in the CRM, plug that into the CRM, plug it all in because we can. And then they're just like, neck deep in custom properties and all this stuff and and there's people who if you use it responsibly you yeah, know responsible as a 40, crm owner as a 42 year old male that sells things the only plug i want is a hair plug at this point <laughs> i don't need i don't need any i don't need any more complexity in a crm you know so it shouldn't be up to you the salesperson though to be creating these custom objects at all this is yeah. all the responsibility of the sales operations or sales management uh to make things that hopefully just make more sense to the sales team and are in words that they recognize exactly and it's not a change to any of the user interface which is really cool so you experience like any custom object that you would build would look very similar to a contact record a deal record a ticket record it would basically look the same and everything on the front end functions the same as it does for all of the other standard objects you can create workflows in the same way and so you're not like building extra widgets or anything like that that people have to mess with and so it it honestly from the front end and from like a rep level perspective wouldn't feel any different than the standard CRM and I think that that's to your point about Darmesh's posts and why Darmesh is so proud of his team is because like they took the time to do it the right way rather than like just opening up like what you said Pandora's box of like hey you can just custom develop anything onto our platform they built and configured and they like reconfigured their entire like CRM structure over the last couple of years to be able to to do this and to be able to do this in a way that developers can go in and create these things but on the front end it's the same awesome experience and it's still super user friendly and on that note part of my hot take was Kyle Jepson did an awesome 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 session on this so if you were at inbound and you had the powerhouse pass and you didn't uh, get to watch it go back and watch that session because he just broke it down like so clearly and he was so excited about it i love him he's just do you such have a hubspot nerd like maybe us. like a couple of uh bullet points from his that you could share with us stuff yeah so i'm not gonna 
I'm not going to try to pull it up right now, but I'll share it in the show notes of he listed, it was five or six questions that you should ask before you start using custom objects. So to your point, Marcus, about people just going nuts and making things chaos, there's really specific use cases to use custom objects and then also to not use custom objects. And you have to really think things out before you start to implement it or things can get really messy. And he just, the way that he like articulated those things was better than I ever could have. And it just got me so fired up. Anything well, this else is, on the... This, is a, this is, it sounds like a positive development in Orangelandia. So I'm going to trust... Yeah, can you tell excited? I'm going to trust you nerdy geeky folks and say, custom objects is a big deal. Thanks. Rena, you took the words right out of my mouth. Like said, <laughs> Darmesh saying that's why he was that proud. I mean, fully baking this into all automation, personalization, reporting is a big deal. Nuts. And it's like, and it's ready on at launch. It's not ready six months from now. It's ready now. And like now people can get subscriptions and events and shipment information and physical assets and anything. If you have a custom app, you can have all that app data integrated right into your HubSpot record. It's like, it's brilliant. It's lovely. Big news for APIs, big news for integrations. Like this is going to be, this is going to create a ton of business for businesses that work inside of HubSpot. It's going to be great. APIs that'll help your KPIs. You know oh, what I'm saying? shoot. Marcus, you know what I'm saying. The title of the episode right there. That's the title. <laughs> APIs for your KPIs. <laughs> to your point, Marcus, though, I think a lot more people are about to get educated on what an API is. I got a quick uh, hot take. Uh, uh, am I allowed to share mine now? Am I allowed yes, to share? please. Uh, I shared this on LinkedIn as well. That is, you know, I, I um, it was it was really interesting to me, and, and and maybe maybe we can talk about this can can parlay into. I don't know if it's on your agenda, Duff, but a, a you know a virtual versus in person uh, conversation. But for me as a speaker, I had to compliment HubSpot where um, where credit is due because of the fact that, you know, they sent us all equipment beforehand. They sent you a camera. They sent you a backdrop. You know, they sent you all these things so that there wasn't any reason for you to not look the part and produce something that was solid. I'm sure that costs a lot of money, um, but, you know, they always spend a ton of money on inbound. And so they did that. And then I really appreciated the fact that they gave us the ability to do pre-recorded plus live, which is a smart, smart idea. And you don't see it as much as I think it, it, it should be done in these events. And so, you know, in my session, there was, uh, it probably peaked somewhere around, and, and Stephanie, maybe, you know, around 2,700-ish or yeah, so, something like that, right? Now, I've spoken at Inbound every year. I don't think I've ever had more than like eight or 900, maybe a 1,000 in the room, maybe a 1,000 in the room. And what's so um, powerful about this experience is, first, during the pre-recorded, I was engaging in chat. And you could just tell people were so surprised by that. They just yeah, feel like it's- pointed it out. 
yeah, it's like, that was, you just, you, you could just, you could just tell. And that was, that was fun. Um, and then the Q and A, which was 30 minutes and just trying to get through that Q and A and it was a big Q and A. Now it was a really fun experience for me. And, 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 you know, I would never in the past have chosen virtual as an option if you gave me a choice as a speaker. But I will say this, I had 2,700 people. And the most I've ever had is maybe 1,000. Normally, it's four or 500. And the one thing about when you're virtual, you can leverage calls to action much better than when you're in person. Yeah. Mm. So for example, I made, because everybody knows my big thing is uh, that knows me is LinkedIn. I'm not on Facebook. I'm not on Instagram. And so I had a clear, hey, if you want to follow me, go right now to LinkedIn. I'm still trying to answer the direct messages. I mean, I spent at least two hours yesterday trying to answer because, you know, I try to answer every direct message and all these wonderful inbound people were like, Marcus, is there? So, so that was like, that was, that was really fascinating. The other thing, last thing I want to say about this, the amount of positive feedback is more than I've probably ever received after an event. And it was almost like, because of COVID and all the turmoil in our world, that everybody was just ready to experience something good, something positive. They needed that release, if you will. And I feel like Inbound this year was able to provide that for some people. Hopefully, mm -hmm. I was able to provide that to a small degree for some people as well. I certainly felt that warmth and that love and it was incredibly satisfying, arguably more satisfying than any virtual event um, I've done other than maybe the stuff that we've done at Impact, which some of those have been really, really cool as well. But this was, this was we've never had 2,700 people, you know, live for an event at Impact. And so that's why it was just special. And I would do it again in a heartbeat. And I do want to commend um, HubSpot and in Inbound and, and their team for um, putting myself and the speakers in a position to make a difference and to make a positive impact. Mm. That was part of my hot take a little bit too, was I was on the advisory committee this year and it was an interesting experience because this particular advisory committee was really focused on the attendee experience and networking. We didn't actually influence a ton of the event, but it was a cool experience. And I got to see the little behind the scenes planning more than usual, see the platform ahead of its launch. Um, and, and I mean, truly the biggest takeaway is like Kim Darling and her team, they are amazing. Like she is a boss and yeah, you know, the platform had bugs or, or little things needed to be fixed throughout the day. Um, but what they put together and dare I say pivoted to in such a short <laughs> amount of time, they really, really did an amazing job. They, they made it feel like inbound with those little touches. Like you said, with the, the background that they sent you, not just saying, here's an image, turn on your virtual background. They actually physically sent you a background, right? I mean, that's, it, they, they did. I was just the dumb one that, um, kind of threw it away after I did the pre-record because I didn't know I was supposed to have it for the live. <laughs> I didn't know. But with with virtual cool. events, there's so many little things you can't think of, just like in-person events that you learn, like giving directions to keep the background. But um, they they did so, so much in sh such a short amount of time. And, you know, we all have thoughts and opinions on events, be it in-person or virtual. But I agree. I think it was a really positive two days in a lot of people's lives, which is good. Yeah. 
for the win. So can we debate this virtual V in person thing? We can. Just for a minute, like, like overall, if you, um, for those of you that, that really, you know, attended a lot of sessions, which I know is most of the people probably on this call, other than one of the persons on this call. So would you, like, what would you rate your normal inbound in-person experience? And what would you rate the virtual experience on a scale of one to 10? Like, are they even on the same scale though? I think that's the the question. No, they're not. Um, Okay. All right. We'll make it a better question. Such a different experience. (laughs) I know. I don't even, I struggle so much talking about this because I create virtual events. That's what I'm doing. And I truly think they are valuable. I mean, to your point, Marcus, like way more people can join who may not be able to travel to an in-person event and can learn and can get access to this valuable education, which I think is amazing. Um, There's lots of cool things you can do with virtual. um, But to me, nothing compares to what an in-person event can accomplish in a completely different way. Um, My friends and I were talking during the middle of quarantine and they were saying, man, if I've learned anything, it's I really am an introvert. I love being at home. I've loved this time to myself. And I'm like, I learned the exact opposite lesson. I am utterly drained every day that I don't see a physical person. And then I spend two days seeing some friends and I feel like I'm on cloud nine. And so the energy that I draw from an in-person event, the connections I make face-to-face, for me, the most valuable part of this virtual inbound was the meetups, the part where you could video chat with people face-to-face. And the fact that they didn't have a meetup at every time all day, I think was a miss because there were times where I was like, God, I just cannot go to another session. They're valuable, but I have to spread it out. I will watch these recordings later. Mm-hmm. I just want to talk to people. And when I did get to, it was great. And it really felt like inbound. Um, but I think if there's anything I've learned from doing our virtual events and doing attending inbounds and attending 15, I think at this point, other virtual events, it's that we underestimate the time people need to absorb this information because without physically moving your body to an in-person event, you can't fully immerse yourself in this experience, in this mindset when you're halfway through a session and the dryer buzzes and you know you need to change the laundry. Like you can't just go all in and say, I'm just going to, I'm going to go all in. I'm going to listen. I'm going to learn for the next 48 hours and then I'm out. It doesn't work like that. We have kids at home screaming and crying. We have pets that need to go for a walk. And so I think it's just well, when we first started planning our virtual events anyway, we said we have to cram all the sessions back to back. We can't lose people. If we lose them for a second, they'll be gone. And it's, it's actually the opposite. Mm-hmm. We have to give people time and space to absorb this in the way that works for them. Um, Plus if the notifications are set up really well, like there was quite a few times and I was like, oh, gee, there, I'm getting a notification that another session is starting. And you know, cause I'd fill out the schedule thingy. Right. And mm-hmm. not, even though I didn't necessarily go to many, it was still one of those things where they, they found ways to, to make those touch points, yeah. uh, to keep it front and center, you know, during the experience. And having a platform that guides people where to go and what to do is really important. I mean, you can get just as lost for lack of a better word at a virtual mm-hmm. event as you can at an in-person one. That's really true. The best I, thing Go, Nick, please. All right. All right. All right. <laughs> Stephanie, I think you might have said this on Twitter or something, but it really hit home for me, which was the morning of day two, I wasn't sleep deprived and I wasn't hungover. And I think that yep. 
No, I'm sure I could have done that. Like I could have done that from I could have made it happen. I could have done it. I could have stayed up till three in the morning and woken up at six. Like I could have. Um, but I just thought that that was just such a funny like outcome of not being in person is that it, like this people could a lot more people could attend the really early sessions um, and be a lot more present for them. And I'm sure you weren't the only person who felt that way that you were like, wait, inbound day two? Like, I feel refreshed. I'm awake. I, I'm <laughs> awake. I feel refreshed. And I, it's just a funny side effect. Uh, yeah. But it's very real. It's very real. Because, I mean, I love hanging out with people. But, you know, you end up staying up late and it ends up, you know, you got to burn the candle at both ends. So That is true. I definitely felt healthier throughout this. <laughs> I, ate lunch. I ate lunch, which was amazing. Uh, I thought that was pretty cool. <laughs> and as someone else posted, like all this time, I thought virtual events were, or I thought in-person events were draining because of all the walking. Turns out that wasn't it. And I think like <laughs> screen time and, and Zoom fatigue is very real. Um, but you know, when you're exhausted in a different way, you can, you can sleep at night in your own bed and you can wake up refreshed and ready to keep going the next day, which is just cool. Yeah. I, I felt some, some similar things. I love the for me, the in-person is very energizing for me because I just love, you know, I'm I'm just the most extroverted person. We're just jacked the whole time. Yeah. yeah. And so I just, I love seeing everybody in person and, and all of that. And so, you know, it's less of a versus for me because in-person inbound, I have a ton of fun. I get a lot out of being in person and like connecting with people, but I typically don't get a lot out of the event itself. I don't, you know, necessarily get to go to a ton of the sessions. I don't, you know, get to uh, necessarily be focused on learning, I guess, and really absorbing. So it was so different this year, actually being able to, like, this is some of my hot take mixed in here, but I kind of cherry picked my schedule to basically turn it into like a HubSpot user conference for me, because I pretty much went to like a lot of the Academy stuff and the really product focused stuff. And so I felt like, I feel like I, I left yesterday feeling like I got so much, like I already, I learned so much. There was so much that I was like taking and just getting into the tool right away and checking out all these different product updates or things that I learned, which is not an experience that I've really had at inbound before. Um, so that was, and, and the other thing that I loved, love, love, loved about this inbound was the, the highlighting of the HubSpot Academy professors. Yes, I loved that. There was so many Academy professors giving presentations. 20? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And like the Academy professors are just professionals. Like they are- so, so they were giving lessons on the tool? Not generally, yes. Like every, so, every but, talk they were giving. But this is actually giving, good, right? Exactly. Because I feel like, I feel like- some of the inbounds of past have disenfranchised the tool advocates, That's the tool users. That's part of training day. We said this is the part we love the most about inbound and we want right. more of it. Yeah, like the vast right. majority of sessions at in-person in inbounds really had nothing to do with HubSpot. But all of the academy professors were talking about things, even if they were talking about, you know, kind of higher level strategies, it was all connected to things that you 
do and can use HubSpot for. And I really just had such an appreciation for the academy professors, like truly being masters of their craft in in teaching people and educating people. And I mentioned Kyle Jepson because he just did a masterful job of presenting something that's highly technical that a, a lot of people would not understand at all. And Marcus, if you watch the session, you would leave going, I know exactly what custom objects yeah, Marcus are. Marcus understands, when you know it's pretty good teaching. Right? So, <laughs> but I watched Kyle's, Annie Kim did one on, um, workflows. Jory did one um, on attribution reporting. Adrithi did one on um, service, hub. service hub automation. And I just, man, I was just so excited that, that those were the people that were kind of dominating inbounds this year. And it, it did feel very product focused. And that was really, really cool for me. Yeah, I agree. I think the other funny thing about virtual versus in-person. And I haven't decided if this is good or bad yet. I think it's good in that it holds events to a high standard. And I love anything that does that. Um, if you're at an in-person event, if you're at inbound and you have hauled butt all the way around the BCEC to get to that room on the far end of like two or one. Yeah. <laughs> and you sit down finally and your laptop's dying. There's nowhere to plug it in, but you promised yourself you would go to this session about email and you're five minutes in and you're like, this is terrible, which now none of the sessions were really ever terrible, but maybe it wasn't what you expected. You can't, but yeah, I did have a, quite a few people comment to me, Steph, that were like, Hey, I was, I got here 20 minutes late. Cause the other session was, you know, not what I expected, but I'm loving this. So there is a lot of jump around. Well, yep. So that's what it I was going like, to say is if you're in person, it is really hard. First of all, it's like hard and rude to get up in the middle of someone's session. Yeah, you know? yeah, but also yeah. then you have to go really far to get into the other one. And maybe you can't get in. Maybe there's limits on the rooms of how many mm -hmm. people can be in it. Mm, Whereas here, anybody could join any session, no limits to the rooms. You can go from one session to the other very quickly and you can bail on one that you're not loving or maybe wasn't what you expected and then try to get into something that may be a better use of your time. You know, one thing that I'm thinking about as a speaker right now that would that would be really cool if an event ever did this. And almost sounds self-serving, but it's 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 not, and that is this. You know, at the end of each talk, when, when you're live with an audience, uh, one of the more intimate and fulfilling moments is when the group of people line up afterwards mm -hmm. and they have that personal moment with you. And it would be really, really cool if one of two things were offered. Maybe either A, some type of um, app that they developed that would allow people to almost stand in line to say something personal to the oh. speaker and the speaker could say something back and maybe it cuts all, off at like 30 seconds, right? <laughs> and then just the next person appears after that. That would be really, really neat. Or just opening up a, <clears throat> a virtual room where you know um, people could come in and now all faces were on. And if people just wanted to, to, to say things, um, and you know the speaker could thank them directly. You know, that would be really, really fulfilling and fascinating. That first one actually exists. Um, it existed in Inbound's platform. And it's interesting to say that because I, I wish they had used it that way. It would have been really cool. Um, what they did use it for was office hours with the academy professors. 
and they were one-on-one -on -one conversations. Uh, they, they would set the time, like maybe it's for the next hour and you could join the queue and it would say, okay, you're third in line and you wait and you wait and then your time pops up and it says join and you join with your video on and you get to say, hi, Kyle, I love your talk today. And there's a timer at the top for like two minutes. And when it's done, it kicks you out. And that's a, that's a really interesting idea to use it for that post session speaker thank you time. Just to, one more thing, right? To make it so real. And for those people that just wanna, because they're really, there's so many people just feel like they, if you have almost like a spiritual learning experience but between audience and speaker, there are times when they, they just need to share that thing. They, and that moment is what's going to make the entire event for them, right? It, it really just, it's going to encapsulate it and just, just make its mark for them. And so I think that would be really, really neat. I would love to, to see yeah. an event. Do I think that that's a great things. idea. And I mean, you know, we used to take selfies in person and in a lot of these meetups, I did screenshots with someone. That would be, that would be a fun one too, and Steph. Anybody wants to take a screenshot selfie? Yeah, I'm, built, that's a I'm neat joining idea. a concert with a meet and greet um, for an artist that I like and their virtual meet and greet has a shutter button on the meet and greet where you can take pictures on the platform and it adds the little background to it, almost like a photo booth. Smart. I so one. I want to do a couple product update hot takes. Yes. Because custom objects wasn't the only thing that was announced or talked about at inbound stuff. I know you got one. I do. Yeah, I can go. Uh, so mine was um, an update regarding the coming soon update of marketing contacts. And uh, I think this is so interesting because it's something that I never knew I wanted it in this way per se. I just knew that there was a problem. I didn't really know the solution. And what it is, is a way to have contacts in your database in HubSpot in your CRM that you market to, that you send emails to, and then contacts that you have in there, but are not used by the marketing products. And there's a couple of reasons that this is something someone might want, but the biggest one is we used to have uh, what we called prospect contacts. I think, is that what they were called? Where like you add them to the prospecting side of the CRM and you could learn about these people, but you weren't emailing them, they weren't subscribed to anything. And then eventually they all kind of got combined and you're charged by the number of contacts you have in your CRM. Um, maybe you just wanna add a bunch of people from a client you're working with now who they say, well, just send our entire company your newsletter, here's a list of all of them. And there's a million reasons you would have all these contacts in there. And then num the numbers add up. Then you start removing people who have bounced from previous emails or unsubscribed. Maybe they no longer work at a company anymore, but they have really valuable information on the contact record. So you still want to keep them in there, but you're definitely not going to be emailing them or talking to them. So with the marketing contacts update, you're going to be able to have those people in those two buckets, marketing contacts, who you actually send email to, you communicate with, and non-marketing contacts who exist in your database, but you are not charged for them. And to me, that's the most interesting, important thing because I've always been torn between deleting old, old contacts who I definitely can't email but have important information on their contact record, Yep. but paying for them. So I love that they finally agreed to this, are making it happen. Um, you know, they're saying that like you should be charged with 
the way that your marketing is growing, not necessarily just the way that the number of emails you have is growing. Um, and the way that they're approaching it, I think is a good reminder for everyone about having people actually opted in to hear from you. It's very compliant with everything that's happening with GDPR and CCPA. Um, it really is a good reminder of you should only be talking to people who want to hear from you. So I like that too, but also saving money. <laughs> yes. And what I think is, has been cool about this coming out and custom objects coming out is I would say that those are really like the two things that people that I've heard people say that I'm talking to that when I'm t saying this terribly, the two biggest reasons why people don't buy HubSpot is yeah. because they have a million contacts, but they're a smaller business and they don't have the budget to pay for all of their contacts, even though they're not necessarily using them all, you know, using all of them actively, or that doesn't, and we don't have the customization that we need that we could mm -hmm. get in a Salesforce or a more customizable CRM. Okay. So, and I had a million questions when they first announcement announced this, their FAQs on the page, which I'm sure we'll link to in the show notes, really cover like every question I had, like how often you can change a contact from a marketing contact to a non-marketing contact. Like it's all in there. Amazing. Yes. Links are all up in the show notes. I want to mention, so we've talked a lot previously, like at the beginning of the year about some of the updates that were made to workflows, like the if then updated, if then branching logic and Long a bunch overdue. of really nice things that have come out. And they've, there've been even more things coming out over the last few months. And basically what Annie Kim's session was at inbound was 18 updates that have been made since the last inbound to the workflows tool. Um, and there's a couple, there's like five or six things that I bulleted out in the show notes that are exciting. Um, comments and workflows. <laughs> I love it. I love it so much. Yeah. There's really, really good stuff. If you're in the HubSpot user Slack, you've probably seen me like going nuts over some of these <laughs> things, but you absolutely need to check out the workflows tool if you haven't been in there in a while, because there's a whole bunch of really nice updates. Last thing on the product side that I wanted to mention is there is a new custom report builder that is in beta that you can opt into. I'm going to be honest with you all. I am really excited about it, but I am still like, I went in there and, and tried to start using it and I am definitely still wrapping my head around it. So I, I'm planning on digging more into the Academy resources and really like chewing on what's going on. Um, the big thing with the new customer report builder is you can not only bring in object data, like your contact company deal ticket, activities, um, quotes, products data. You can also bring in now things like analytics data, your website page and landing page data, email data, uh, ads data, into custom reports to really, you know, basically do what we've been wanting to do with our data forever. We get so frustrated when we're like, it's in HubSpot. I can't see Why it. can't I access it in the custom report builder? So you're definitely going to be hearing us talk more about this as we go. And, and they're still, it is in beta and they're still kind of like connecting and bringing everything together in there. But if you're a custom reporting nerd, go into the custom report builder and you'll see the option to use the new one um, when you're building an individual report. It's, it will make your head spin a little bit probably, but I know that once the Academy resources and everything come out about it, it's going to be really, really awesome. I'm super excited. 
we've mentioned something today called HubSpot Training Day. Yes, and <laughs> it is something I'm even more excited about <laughs> coming off <laughs> of inbounds. But Steph, since you talked about how you're running it, tell us about it. I would love to. So HubSpot Training Day is, like we said, the, the HubSpot user conference that we've always wanted, or at least Marcus and I have wanted for, what, eight years. Yes. Um, and we just decided this is, yeah, we decided this is our opportunity to do it. Um, it, it's actually going to be a great further deep dive about now that inbound is over. Um, we are working with HubSpot. They're sponsoring the event um, to get some of these amazing academy professors that we've been talking about to come continue to teach us about all of these amazing product updates, all of the things you can do. And really the goal of the event is to make sure that you're all getting the most out of HubSpot that you possibly can. And I mean, who doesn't want the most out of their investment? And also to prove that everything you're doing is working and you're doing it in the most efficient way possible. So we worked really hard to make tracks for everything from fundamentals. So people who really want to know the fundamental basics of how to use something the right way in HubSpot to what we call optimization, uh, which is you, when you already know what a tool does, but you really want to get the most out of it, you really want to make sure everything's clean and, and working as smoothly as possible. And then we have our advanced track and that really is for the advanced things that you can do in HubSpot, maybe those custom reports, custom objects, things like that. Um, it's a packed day. We have our friends from Vidyard who are going to do a masterclass on HubSpot video, which is, yes. I'm so excited for that. Um, selfishly, I'm doing my own session on email because why wouldn't I? Selfishly, um, I'm doing one on custom objects. Karina's doing one on <laughs> custom objects. Uh, it's going to be great. Jess and I are doing one on uh, workflows, all of the workflow updates. We've got um, so many, we're talking about ABM, we're talking about sales forecasting. We have something for sales folks, marketing folks, business folks, customer success. Um, and then we have a really, really cool section in the middle of it by Albedricki called Don't Worry, HubSpot integrates with everything. And we're going to go through um, 12 different integrations that you can use with HubSpot and how they can help make your life easier, make your reports better. So it's going to be so great. Um, we have a few coffee breaks worked into this one since we, as I said, want people to get more of a chance to absorb that all of the knowledge that they're learning. We know we're packing a lot into a day. Um, as usual, the sessions will be recorded and available uh, in Impact Plus following the event. And we have something super, super special lined up for lunchtime. I'm so excited about it. I can't share it yet. It hasn't been announced, <laughs> uh, but I guarantee you're going to love it. So either snag your ticket now or uh, keep an eye on the updates, but it's going to make the day even more fun. And of course, we'll be wrapping up the day with Marcus sharing his thoughts about everything that we learned. Of course. Maybe he'll talk about custom objects <laughs> since hope. we just educated. He should. I feel so like he'll, well. have all, he'll, he'll know it all by then. Maybe he'll run full custom objects workshop. <laughs> yes. So if you want to come, we want you to come. You should be there. If you're listening to this, you should be there. Yes. Because we're all going to be there and it's going to be an absolute blast. So if you go to digital sales and marketing world.com slash HubSpot training, that's where you can find it. Or you can just go to the link in the show notes, impactbnd.com slash hubcast. This is episode 264. Everything that we're talking about today is in the show notes and there's a whole bunch of links in there. And you can use the code HUBCAST to get tickets for just $49. They'd normally be $99. So we want to see you there if you're not there or if you're 
if you're not already registered, we also want to see you in the HubSpot user Slack. What's been really fun is over the last couple of months, and I mentioned this earlier, even though we haven't been doing the Hubcast, we have been in the HubSpot user Slack and we've been chatting it up with people in there. And There's been a lot up. of people <laughs> voting it up, getting all of the product updates. There's been a lot of people um, that have come in over the last couple of months and there's a lot of chatter in there, lots of troubleshooting, lots of question asking and answering, hacking. Um, so if you want to join the HubSpot user Slack, it is totally free and you can find a link to that in the show notes. It's a great place to connect with other HubSpot nerds, ask your questions, stay on top of everything that's going on in the platform. Man, guys. It's been good to be back. It has. <laughs> it is. It is good to be back. It's good to be HubSpotting with you all again. We love you guys. We appreciate your faithful listenership and sticking with us through it all. And until next time, this is Karina Duffy, Marcus Sheridan, Stephanie Baiocchi, and Nick Bennett saying to you, get out there and get after it. 